to another episode of Digitally Remastered. I am Digital Master, your host, and we're going to have a great discussion today all about server meshing and pretty much static server meshing. So this is picking up from last week's discussion on the replication layer split and uh, such a great discussion. Thank you for everyone who listened and watched. Um, best video on that channel so far. So thank you so much. And um, yeah, let's let's pick it up right where we left off and discuss the first implementation of static server meshing. A lot of good news also to bring to you. So let's start there. Um, for those who may not know, uh, the replication layer split has now entered Evocati testing. And from everything that we've heard, it's been very successful so far as far as what the actual feature brings to the table. I don't, I, and it's not really a feature, it's more of, a, um, of an update, I'll say, um, as this is more of a underneath the hood or uh, architectural design change or update. So it's not really gameplay features in any way, shape or form. But it brings in some very good player experience improvements as well. And as you know, as we discussed last week, some of the biggest things being a possible performance improvement and most importantly, the server recovery implementation that if finally it almost completely removes any negative effects from the 30K um, server dying scenario. Right. So. A lot of great things coming about in the development of Star Citizen. And I'm telling you, the next few months here are going to be amazing. going to be amazing. So let's jump into, we have three segments today, all surrounding server meshing in general, but in particular, um, most focused on the first implementation, which is static server meshing. The first segment we're going to talk about, all the major key components are pretty much what we know. And um, the major key components of server meshing. Um, and then we'll move into where we are today and what's left to test and implement. And then finally, just going full into what we might expect on that first implementation. So let's jump right in. Um, very exciting uh, to really just talk about this sort of thing. Glad some of you voiced your interest in it. And um, I'm very grateful for that. And thank you. So let's get into it, right? So the first segment here, let's talk about the major key components of server meshing. And to begin this part of the, of the uh, discussion, I want to just make it clear, which CIG has done as well, that server meshing is not this one-off technology, right? It, it's pretty much a culmination and um, a culmination of all these different technologies coming together, right? So Here's the list of the major components, right? We know of object, well, we have object container streaming, right? The client side and the server side iterations of that. And then we have in the entity graph. Then we have entity authority and the authoritative transfer. Then we have replication layer and the persistent entity streaming, which is probably something you're very familiar with based on how popular that those two have been over these past couple months as we just had the release a couple months back of persistent entity streaming. And then we've always had, not always, but we, for the longest time, have had the replication layer in place. It's just that it's been connected to the DGS. Let's go one by one through each of these and just do our best to break this down as what it is. And mainly, you know, and again, I'm not going to go super into technical depth here. 
for the sake of, you know, simplifying the concepts um, for everyone that's listening here. Um, and just pretty much talking about more from the perspective of what it does for us, the player, as well as how it connects to the overall bigger picture of server meshing. So let's start with object container streaming. And so, as we know, object container streaming in a nutshell is a collection of containers, right? A hierarchical list of containers that manage the binding and unbinding of objects into the game world, into the DGS. And into your client on your client on your or your uh, computer, your machine, right? The client side. So the long and short of it, what our experience has been with that implementation, right? Because back then, I think this was around 2017, 2018, around that time, when that implementation came on, it actually improved our gameplay experiences. And it makes sense that it does so, right? Because Again, let's talk about exactly what it is. It's a hierarchical container, a set of containers, right? Nested containers, we'll say. And the best way to explain this is pretty much how Paul Randell did um, in the server meshing video from two years back, CitizenCom. And so you look at it this way. You have the system of Stanton, and that's a container. And then within that container, you have the different planets and the space stations, right? You have Crusader, you have Microtech, you have Hurston, you have Arc Corp, and then you have the all the different R&Rs or space stations throughout. And they're their own containers. And then it gets deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Using Crusader as an example, that's a container as we just discussed. And within that container, you have Orson, which is its own container. And then it continues to nest further into that, right? You have the different areas of Orison, including the space station, green circle habs, and then the Providence platform, right? And then even deeper there. <laughs> so as you can imagine, it gets really granular. And the idea is, though, to pretty much optimize the loading and unloading of those objects in the game, both on the server side as well as the client side. So as you play your game, and move your character around through the through the universe the object container streaming there is all surround it is all based on your proximity to different containers that you that you're surrounded by right and so the logic there is those object containers are loaded in seamlessly as you move throughout the universe and then of course on the server side is pretty much the same thing just on a bit more of a broader scale because it has to be concerned about all the players that are logged into that DGS and their proximity to different objects and what have you. But that was a big quality of life improvement back in the back in in that year. But that was the first steps into the technology that was going to be star or I'm sorry, uh, server meshing. And so let's move on to the next one, which is the entity graph. Right, and the long and short of this one is it's pretty simple. It's just the backend database hierarchical database right that contains all the objects in the game and the hierarchical structural organization of what's connected to them the parents and the children children items right so for example you have your ships and then all the components of your ship are child items of your ship that's just a very small example of that ultimately is where all that data is stored and then we move on to entity authority and authoritative transfer. And I almost prefer to start with replication layer and persistent entity streaming first, 
because really and mainly the replication layer. And, and that's because the replication layer is going to be responsible for managing that entity um, authoritative transfer portion, right? Because when we talk about entity authority, that's all about the servers or D- the DGSs, right? Dedicated game servers, by the way, <laughs> I meant to say that. DGS stands for dedicated game server. So since there's going to be multiple dedicated game servers, then you have to look at it from a more broader scale. Every server will have entity authority over specific objects in the universe, depending on what containers it is assigned to that server. And the authoritative transfer, as I just mentioned, is something that the replication layer manages as far as transferring that authority between multiple or different servers. And we're going to get more into that entity authority and authoritative transfer in, in the next segment. So stay tuned for that. But back to the replication layer and persistent entity streaming. Of course, these are very common concepts, I think, now in, a star, in the Star Citizen community. But basically, of course, your persistent entity streaming is all about that process of persisting the dynamic objects in the game dynamically as the game, as the simulation is running, right? So as we play the game, all the dynamic objects, as they're affected by players in the game and, and other forces in the game, their state is persisted dynamically to the entity graph. And that communication is constantly going back and forth. And what's facilitating that process is the replication layer. And if you recall, even from last week, we discussed this, but the replication layer is a heartbeat, is the center of this entire architectural design. The replication layer is responsible for so, so many things. It's pretty incredible. But it's also responsible for the function of persistent entity streaming. So we have those two things. And like I said, those are very probably the most common, right, in the the Star Citizen community. But all of these different components are what make up server meshing. So server mission is not its own isolated thing. It's actually the culmination or a collection of all these different com- components and technologies that allow it to happen, right? And as we know, what's being tested now is the replication layer split. That is the final catalyst before we get server meshing. So let's move on into where we are today and what's left to test and implement. And this is where we're going to go back to that entity authority and authoritative transfer discussion. And this, and so in the context of where we are today and what's left to test, I really wanted to highlight this because right now, as we discussed with entity authority, we have one server, right? That, that, that simulates Stanton. So today, every time you log into the game, you're connected to the replication layer and you're connected then to the one DGS, which is hosting the entirety of Stanton. So that DGS has authority over every single item and player in that particular shard or in that particular server, right? Because right now, you, you, you know, and I should explain the concept of that shard as well, just to kind of add that in here. But essentially, that DGS, well... It, Absolutely, that DGS is managing every player that's connected and every object in the universe. 
that's the concept of entity authority, right? As in, in, and I guess we should go a little bit deeper, but the idea of entity authority has everything to do with the simulation, right? In regard to what that server is responsible for simulating. And I get, yeah, let's deep dive here for just a quick second, right? So you really don't have the idea today of multiple servers being responsible for different sections of Stanton, right? Because as we fly today from Crusader to ArtCorp, we're not moving between servers, right? So we're actually just experiencing the functionality of that object container streaming. So as you move through Stanton, it's still the same server that's simulating everything. It's just that logic underneath the hood that determines when objects should be loaded in and loaded out. But that authoritative transfer part is what is left to be tested because, and of course CIG is doing their own internal tests, right? We know that. But when it comes to the actual testing of this feature at scale, we have not arrived there yet. But we will once we get that initial implementation of static server meshing. Because what that will introduce is more than one server in a shard. And let me go back and address what I was talking about a moment ago as far as explaining the concept of the shard, right? Because it, 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 it seems to some an interchangeable term between shard and server, but it's not. A shard is pretty much, and I don't, I'm not going to use the word container, even though that's probably the most apropos, <laughs> but it's pretty much a abstract I'm just going to have to use that word container. It's an abstract container, right? That holds an instance of the entity graph, just one. And then it holds now, let's say once we get that replication layer split, it's going to have its own replication layer scale set as well in a shard. And then you'll have multiple servers. And this is all within one shard. But as it is set up today, and this is in your live environment as of the time of this video or video, this, this uh, podcast, whether you're listening or watching. As it is structured today, it is still a shard. It's just that you have one instance of the entity graph and then you have one DGS. And in that DGS, you have the star citizen simulation running. And you have an instance of the replication layer. And that's your shard. So when you log into the game, if you pull up the, the debugging information, you'll see on the right the shard ID. And what's encapsulated in there is the entity graph representing the state of this shard's universe. And then, of course, on the machine or the DGS that you're playing the game on, also host an instance of that replication layer. And this is why the 30K problem has been a problem up, up until this day. <laughs> but that will be changing very soon. So once we get static server meshing, that's when the true testing of authoritative transfer will happen. So watch how that's going to be the most important focus of that particular implementation. Once we get that and it enters the testing universe, that's going to be the focus of what we're going to be doing. They're going to want us to test that jump point as much as possible. So the other thing, so that's the one thing, right, as far as where we are today and what's left to test and implement. The other thing that is ongoing right now, based on everything that CIG has said, 
is all the game feature teams integrating their code and their and their features into or to to optimally use or I guess I should say infuse with server meshing right because right now all the features in the game are designed to work with one server and, and let, let me be careful saying that right because I, I I of course we know that CIG has been forecasting the implementation of server meshing so of course these teams have obviously prepared or have been preparing for this implementation but just like the entity authority transfer it has yet to be tested at scale so once we get that initial implementation of server meshing we're going to see a lot of testing in regard to all the features of the game so if i may once static server and i don't even think i have to ask or even suggest this but once static server meshing comes online Jump into the PTU if you have access. And let's test this thing together. Because I'm telling you, once static server meshing comes online, that's the beginning of the dream you've been waiting for. And when I say the beginning, don't get me wrong. That's not, I'm not saying this is going to take years and years. No, this is us reaching a very critical pinnacle of what this game has always been promised to be. Trust me when I say that. It's a very exciting time. It's an absolutely incredible time to be a star citizen. I keep saying this, but these next couple months are going to be potentially incredible. Of course, we have to test this thing. It even still, the replication layer split, right? We, that, is, that still needs more testing. It's just an Evocati testing phase, right? So we need to get that open to the waves so that we can truly test this at a grand, on a grand scale and iron out all these bugs, right? And then, and only then, we're going to start to focus on that static server meshing. But as I said before, I totally believe that the second this thing, this replication layer split, is working even remotely smoothly, we're moving immediately to static server meshing. You mark my words. And, and honestly, that turnaround time can be marked in the frame of a, couple months from now and and you know what i would not be surprised if slightly sooner now static server meshing i'll give you my my honest opinion here is or expectation is that maybe within the next four to six months we'll see static server meshing hit live hit the live servers that is my that's honestly my pessimistic view that's my most pessimistic view. I'll be honest with you. I don't expect us to have, you know, <laughs> I'll own it if I'm wrong. Trust me, I'll own it if I'm wrong. But I don't expect expect us to run into enough bad issues that it prevents us from reaching static server meshing V1 within the span of four to six months. I think we're going to see that within the span of three months and maybe two. Now that's optimistic, right? But but yeah, that's my optimistic viewpoint, but um, or expectation. But yeah, I, I really think these next couple months are going to be very very interesting, and I'm excited about it. I'm absolutely excited about it. Let's jump over into our last segment here. I'm sort of experimenting with more of a 30 minute to 40 minute uh, length for these podcasts. But let me know. Give me some feedback on that, right? But here we are. What do we expect when server meshing V1 or static server meshing is implemented? 
And I'm going to share with you my thoughts on this. I do solicit your thoughts as well. As always, on YouTube, you can comment in the comment section. I do have some work in progress for getting other avenues open for communication. But if you are so inclined, please stop by YouTube and throw your questions or your comments in there. I'll be more than happy. I'd love to read them. So please feel free. But here's what I expect. I expect that we're going to have two servers at the start. One for Stanton and one for Pyro. And we're going to test that jump point. And and here's the reason why I say such. Here's the reason why I say only two. Because at least in my experience, you want to start small with your test and then expand out a bit. So it's no better way that with, in my opinion, again, is no better way than within one shard to just test two servers, one for Santon, one for Pyro, and have everybody rush the jump point. <laughs> because that's going to be your stress test. If you have tons of people jumping through that jump point, now you're testing and you're stretching. I don't know that you're stretching it, but you're definitely stress testing that authoritative transfer functionality. And it's important to know that the replication layer is responsible for that authority transfer. I think I mentioned that. That is responsible is responsible for that. So we're really going to be also stress testing the replication layer. But the cool thing is, and it's something I don't, I don't recall if I mentioned it in the last podcast, but the replication layer, I mentioned that is moving off, off the DGS to its own scale set. And the scale set piece is very important because you can scale that. It's not just going to be this one VM or one server. For the replication layer that is also going to scale so just in case you're worried about that because i know a lot of people before mentioned well you know replication layer sounds great but doesn't that just make it the bottleneck and the truth is that that's logical thinking first of all but the way that you solve that is by scaling that as well that's the beauty of um of course you can do this in, on premises as well but it, it can get really incredibly expensive on premises but in the cloud right? It's much more feasible. So we know that Star Citizen or CIG is using AWS for the game. So that's effectively what's happening. They're going to be moving the replication layer to its own scale set, and therefore it can be scaled itself. And that's going to alleviate bottlenecks. And then once we reach dynamic server meshing, that's going to further alleviate those particular sorts of issues. So another thing that's worth noting is that even during even during the static server meshing phase, before we get to dynamic server meshing, CIG can still scale these servers. So even though I say two servers at the start, CIG is most certainly going to going to start scaling out manually to test the game at a greater scale. Right. So that means we're going to start to see things like multiple servers managing Stanton. Right, where we then move from one server for Stanton until we get to things like a couple servers managing Crusader. Or let me actually let, let, let me let me get there. A server managing each planet, and then a server managing each R and R station. Right, and then you're effectively implementing that authoritative transfer as you enter quantum travel. And so it's very genius because that's a great time 
to implement that authoritative transfer. However, as you've seen in CitizenCon, they don't even need the, the you know quantum travel or jump point travel in order to mask the uh, authoritative transfer. When Paul Randale did the test at CitizenCon, you literally seen them moving back and forth in between. They moved the vehicle in between the two servers seamlessly, and there was no hiccups or anything like that. Of course, that was a small scale test, but that's what this is all about, right? We're gonna that's what we're going to be testing, and I presume that we're going to see CIG scale the service to the point where there will be those invisible lines within just this, uh, an, an area so that they can test that authoritative transfer in an area that you can quickly move back and forth in between instead of using or masking it with jump point travel or quantum travel. And I expect all of that to happen before we get to dynamic server meshing. In fact, it makes 1000% sense to do it that way, because once you get to dynamic server meshing, the whole difference there is that you're scaling dynamically. CIG will be building a solution, a scaling solution that will load balance every server. And that load balancing would be based on player count as well as object count and object density. So that's where we get to dynamic server meshing. But before we even get there, watch my words. CIG will have it where they're testing this thing at scale. And I, when I, when I, and when I say scale, I'm talking about Orson space station being managed by four or five servers, right? And then each of those servers have authority over different sections of that space station. And as we traverse through that space station, we're constantly being authoritatively transferred between those servers. I fully expect that to happen. So this is very exciting. I am very excited. I hope this was helpful. It's really just a very quick breakdown of what server meshing is, what it consists of, and why it's amazing. (laughs) It's absolutely amazing. And CIG is doing it at this scale. Big kudos to CIG. You guys over at CIG have been doing such a wonderful job. Every year, we've seen nothing but steady progress. And here we are today at a possible point where history is going to officially be made. So I hope you are buckled up. I hope you've battened down the hatches. (laughs) There's a storm coming and it's called Star Citizen. And it's going to take over the gaming world, in my opinion. But we'll see, right? We'll see. I'm very excited. I hope you're excited too. This is actually quite a very short episode, even though it's covering such a complex um, technology. And the thing is, I really wanted to keep it high level because, you know, the deeper we go, the more technical it becomes. And, you know, I don't know, everyone's not really willing or interested in that level of granularity and the details, but it's very exciting to think about it. Yeah. Very fun stuff. Very fun stuff. I am grateful for you being here. That is all I have today, though. I hope it was helpful. Again, give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. And let me know what you think about the technology. Let me know how you're feeling with where we are today and how close we are to that game we've been waiting for. It's a very exciting time. I hope you guys are enjoying yourselves. Happy gaming to you. This is where I sign off. Have a good day and see you in the next video. In the next podcast. <laughs>